The following program is your wake-up call. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to the Progressive Union. I am your host, Doreen DeLeonardo, broadcasting to you from New York City. We report the news the corporate media ignores. Joining me for this hour, as always, is my husband and co-host, Tony DeLeonardo. And guess what yesterday was? The NFL returned. Oh, it's all it's so Sunday starting morning, up again. I'm driving out to the mall, and what do I see? I don't know. The Walking Dead. <laughs> the Walking the Dead. The beer belly Gus armchair quarterbacks with their little cargo shorts in their jerseys, in their hats, pledging allegiance to a team that they couldn't play for if they won the lottery. That don't play to pay taxes. I'm going through the Roosevelt, no taxes, Roosevelt right? Field Mall yesterday. Remember the days when you used to raid your parents' closet and try it on their clothes? Yeah, kind of. My mother. father and son that were interchangeable parts. (laughs) They look like a mini-me? Yeah. Like a mini-me? They look like Dr. Evil and a mini-me. It looked like the father raided the son's closet. Yeah, it's a weird phenomenon. I'm so sick of looking at this bromance, stupid uniform that these idiot men are wearing. Yeah, I know. It is. The rest of the world must be laughing at us. It's right up there with, well, they've always been laughing at us about the white socks. You know the white socks that men wear, especially yeah. older men and other. And when they when Americans visit other countries, like you know the retirees, and they wear those white socks, they laugh their asses off over that. They think that we are the most gauche, not fashionable. Everybody thinks that we're like the mecca of fashion. I got news for you: we're not. We're not. That's Italy. That's France. It's not us. It's maybe even England. I mean, when I went not to us. ball games when I was a kid at Shea Stadium, the father would show up with a work shirt or a back a in the good old days, pack of cigarettes and jeans or a slacks. They didn't dress like they were part of the team. What is going on with this? Country? I don't know. It's been for a while. But you are not part of the team. But Tony, you are there because you are rooting for the team. You don't have to go head to toe with a shirt and a hat. But Tone. To prove your loyalty to a team whose owner doesn't pay a dime in taxes. Tone. Yes. Women. It drives me nuts. Are having, women dye their hair green now, all right? So I can top it. Green and pink. Green. Purple. Grown women. Women that are 60, 100, 80, 12. I get people with blue hair in front of me on, on a line. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Anyway. Uh, 9-11 this week, so there's going to be, you know, a lot of people mourning, thinking back, uh, you know, especially uh, here. The annual Band-Aid rip. Well, especially here. And, of course, that we were lied into a war, right? We were lied into going into Iraq and Afghanistan. And those were not the people that flew the airplanes. They were the Saudis. But the Saudis are our best buddies, right? Now Trump is trying to tell everybody, oh, we had a secret meeting with the Taliban leaders (laughs) playing for Camp David. Yeah, sure you did. He's so full of baloney. I actually don't even keep up with the crazy stuff that Trump says, the really insane stuff, because I just can't. It's too much. He's he's the crazy guy at the end of the bar. When you've been, if anybody's been a bartender as I was years ago, there's always some guy at the end of the bar that he thinks he knows everything about everything, and he says the same stuff over and over again. And he's at the bar because his own family can't stand him. (laughs) Or he doesn't have a family because they lock him out of the house. Yeah. and he's there all day and he nurses drinks he's not a good tipper and he has like a ring around the counter where he's sitting and he's there when you open and he's there when you close you have to throw him out that's who trump is that's trump only he doesn't drink 
He's the Diet Coke guy at the end of the bar, guy, the, the bar that doesn't shut up. Or the guy at the diner. There's people in diners like that. So I just can't listen to him anymore because we have so many other things that we have to worry about and pay attention to. So um, last week, speaking of 9-11, they dug out of I don't know where her coffin while she was sleeping during the day. The vampire that is Christine Todd Whitman. She used to run the EPA, you know, when George Debian. With a very bad dye job. Yeah, well, she's just, she's she's more reprehensible now because she's old and crotchety. So she's on Chris Hayes. So I want to just remind everybody that MSNBC, these are the people that bring you the best of the right wing. And they bring them on as if they're rehabilitated. I mean, they bring us Nicole Wallace. This is the woman that was the handler for Sarah Palin. Knew Sarah Palin was a mental case and didn't let anybody know. That's Nicole Wallace, okay? But she has her own show on MSNBC and everybody loves her. And she spends most of the time flipping her hair around. There's her. And then, of course, the frequent guest. Tony's not having alcohol. He's having water, if you hear that. <laughs> that pouring in the background. Um, we get thirsty when we're doing the show. Uh, Richard Painter. Tony does Tony does a little Richard Painter. You do Richard it's Painter. It's against the law. Right. Everything's against the law now. But remember who he worked for. The people that brought us, lied us into the Iraq war, did illegal torture, right? This is the guy that's now with the moral compass that everything Trump does is against the law. And he talks about the emolument clause constantly. He's another right winger, okay, from the, the Bush years. So... These same people, your MSNBC, on Chris Hayes. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know how according to Raw's story, uh, Todd is is filing for divorce from Sarah Palin. Oh, yeah, I heard that. You I mentioned that before. I wonder if Nicole Wallace was. Did uh, she knew about it? No, yeah. I'm sure they don't talk to each other at all. Uh, Sarah Palin. Now she's going to be on the market for a new husband, for the real Americans. You know, she has like 15 pairs of those designer glasses and she got them for free for whoever, whoever it is designed them for her. It's amazing. That woman could get anything for free. She got her that whole wardrobe for free when she was running for president. Anyway, let's let's start us from Sarah Palin. So Christine Todd Whitman used to run the EPA and she's the one that told us here in New York that the air was safe to breathe. The concentration was just not, you know... Um, it, was, it wasn't high enough to cause cancer. She said, you know, there's asbestos, but you know, it's not enough to kill you. Well, it turns out there's a lot of dead people and they keep dying. And guess who was down at 9-11? My beloved for a day. I and, was down there for one day. And you were smart enough to leave. And I vowed never to return after that one day. Yep. Because I was down. First of all, they did not give us the proper... You didn't have masks, right? I had a little painter's mask. Thank God. And I have a habit of carrying a very big bandana when I work. Mm-hmm. And I wet it down a little. That was smart of you. I, I put the painter's mask on and I put the bandana around that. 
So I was walking around all day looking like a member of the James Yeah, but gang. you saved your life by I doing that. I like Jesse James walking around all day. <laughs> yeah, but all these other people are dead now because okay. they believe these people that lied. Now, and she was, was the queen liar. And I work, was working with my partner because I knew the downtown area very well. I worked at the financial center. I worked on Cortland Street. So we snuck through the Trinity Cemetery and we got right up to near the Bucket Brigade where 9-11 was. Right. And it was, the piles, it as they was call it. smoldering, and the firemen are on there. No protective gear. Oh, my God. Everybody, I want to be a hero. Maybe we'll find somebody. Maybe I'll have my people, my picture in People magazine. Well, no, people cared, Tony. Don't don't say that. But you have to understand. They were being exposed to cancer. Who did they cancer. think they were going to find alive? People were hopeful, hon. I was hoping. We were all hoping. There was a few people pulled out that first few hours. No, but there were people that were pulled out that I think were on like some of the, maybe the first floors or maybe they were on the street. There was a few people that were pulled out, but it was such a shock. But anyway, Christine Todd Whitman has the nerve. First of all, MSNBC, they are criminal. Okay. So they have all these people on all these right wingers they parade on. Right. And they sanitize them now on the so-called liberal, liberal station that you were all watching. And she comes on and she has the nerve to condemn and rail on the Trump administration on their positions on the environment and how they're deregulating everything, which they are. And it is horrible and reprehensible. But she has a lot of nerve. Is she kidding? This is a woman that worked for Bush and Cheney. These people are war criminals. And she's a criminal for saying that that air was clean, that was air was fine. She knew it wasn't. Okay, I knew it too. I knew it. It looked terrible. If you looked up, even from where we live, you could see the clouds. It did not look I'm healthy. I'm going to tell everybody a story. I knew a guy who appeared in People magazine as a, a column near Miss. I'm not going to say his name, but I know him from my old neighborhood, and I ran into him, and he showed me the magazine about 9-11. He was in the Trade Center when this happened. Oh, wow. He was going to his morning break. And as he's walking through the concourse by where the old Alexander's was, he hadn't even hit the street yet onto West Street. Well, that's an old, that's a story that we don't okay. even see anymore. People were rattled out of their shoes. They heard an explosion or what sounded like a bomb going off in one of the buildings. So did he say people ran? So everybody looked at each other like, what the hell was that? And people started to scurry and, you know, and they were like, they were rattled. Right. That everything calmed down. They figured, oh, there was nothing going on. He said he walked up the stairs. He went out onto near West Street where the World Financial Center is. Two minutes later, he said he saw a jetliner sail over his head and hit the building. Wow. He is so lucky, this he guy. He said he ran for his life. Holy cow. I'm not going to say who his name He's is. He's a high eyewitness. Yes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is something went off in that building before that plane Right, hit. right. I've heard these stories before. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is a kid I knew years ago. I knew him for quite a few years, and you know, I haven't seen him in a long time. But Boy, that guy's I'll lucky. But never forget the story he told. He's me. a lucky man. So they trotted her out, Chris Hayes, and she's railing and talking, and it's just... And the reason why I bring this up, well, number one, it's kind of relevant because 9-11 is, you know, upon us this week. And also because MSNBC, please stop watching MSNBC, please. They are not liberal. They are corporatists. They are shoving this Amy Klobuchar down our throats on a daily basis. And there's a theory that was uh, floated. Klobuchar is not going to beat Trump. No, no, no. If Hillary no. couldn't beat him. I know. Imagine. There's no way. Klobuchar will get stomped. Oh, forget it. 
he'll crush her. Crush. And okay. I don't like her anyway. Like, I'm not rooting for her. No one's running. Listen, there's no way. I don't believe this nonsense from this DNC. You think that she got 130,000 individual donors, 200 in like 20 different states? Get the F out of here. No one's excited about her. No one's excited about Cory Booker. Maybe a few people in New Jersey. That's about it. And a handful of people here and there. Um, Pete Buttigieg is now down to like 4%. His star, you know, it, it plummeted, right? It went up and down. Beto O'Rourke and him are ready to Beto O'Rourke is at 1%. We're going to talk about this polling and, and, and the media in a minute. Uh, he's at 1%. He's done. He, I don't even know how he's on the debate stage. He's at 1%. How did he get in the polls and Tulsi didn't? Such nonsense, okay? Let me okay? tell you something. Goofy from Walt Disney would be more presidential than Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He talks like a burned-out surfer hippie. Again. From the, from 1970. Again, he could not beat... Ted Cruz. Right. Do you you got to do your Ted Cruz, Tony. Ted Cruz. I, I haven't done him a while. <laughs> Ted Cruz. Right. Yes. Ted Cruz. He couldn't beat Ted Cruz. They're not having caucuses, so I can't get out of my coffin this You're time so to go, go against Trump funny. again. So listen to this. So this was really interesting. I want interesting. to bite him on the neck. And I have been thinking this a lot. I'm sorry I didn't say it in the show sooner, but it was rolling around in my head. So they have all these candidates, right? But they had Bernie. And Bernie's got money, tons of volunteers, tons of donors, right? He's got more money than anybody. He's got more money than DNC, DSCC, the whole everybody. More money, and he doesn't take any corporate money. So they had the guy, but they don't want that guy. And it's very similar. And, and I was listening to Kyle Kalinske, who I think is very good, and a YouTuber. And when he said it, I said, I've been thinking that myself. Bernie is doing a Trump to the, the Democratic Party, the corporatists, because they don't want him. They're looking for anybody but Bernie, right? They're like reaching in like to every candidate, right? They try the, the governors. They try congressmen, right? They try everybody. They can't find anybody. They're like, can't we find, like, they have they rolled Biden out. Biden can't remember Obama's name. Oh, my God. We have no clips today because Danielle's not here. But It's time for Biden to. Biden was giving in. a speech, and he said he, he was trying to find Obama's name in his memory. And it was sad. It was sad because I, I don't want this to happen to me, and it could happen to any of us. And he goes, my boss. He referred to Obama as my boss because he could not remember his freaking name. All right, guys, please. I know there's people listening that love Biden and they have some kind of weird nostalgia for him. No, please. I'm begging you. We're not getting any younger here, Tony and I. Biden's yeah, not I the one. I deal with this incremental change. No. I'm pushing 60 people. Listen, we need to pull the, it's, hey, not so fast. We have to pull the Band-Aid off, okay? But it is the truth. We got to pull the Band-Aid off, all right? You know when you have a Band-Aid, you got to take it off. It's been on for a while. You yeah. don't, like, itch it off. Yeah, like when, Jerry Seinfeld, right off. Just rip it off, okay? When you like, if you're going to get wax, waxing done, has anybody done that? Hurts like hell. They don't, like, take it off slowly. They rip it off. They rip the sucker off, and it's over, right? You get a needle, they stick the needle in, they get the blood, and they're out of there. I mean, none of this incremental stuff, and incremental means we get nothing. Because the corporations want to keep what they have and they want to get more. Because their favorite word is more. People should be watching Succession. You will see how the rich people behave. That's all they care about is money. They will humiliate themselves 
to keep money. And it's the truth because we, Tony and I, have seen the wealthy up close. Me, I In our be, previous I jobs, be, we've seen be, it. I would be Gary Ewing. Remember yeah, I Dallas? know. Yep, yep, yep. I would be like, I've had it. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I would leave too. And I would take off. I would say, I'll go get a job. I can't deal with these people anymore. Yeah, I watched the show Succession and I saw what they, I'm not, I'm gonna, some people probably haven't seen all the episodes, but there's one episode where he humiliates a few of these characters. And I would have looked at him and said, you know what, old man? I'll get a plane home on my own. I'm not interested in what you're selling. You are a jerk off. Keep your money. I'll go get a regular job. Goodbye. I'm keeping my pride. Because these people humiliate themselves for money. Because money is the most important thing to them. There's just nothing more important than that. So um, MSNBC just wants you just want to puke. So they're they're trying everybody. In order not to have to have Bernie as their nominee, just like the Republicans, Kalinsky is right, just like the Republicans tried Jeb, they tried, who else did they try, Tone? Um, what's his name from Texas? So who is it? Oh, Rick Perry, Jeb Bush. They tried, um, what is his name? Um, Ted Cruz. They tried everybody. They had like 20 candidates. This is like a rerun. Only it's, it's almost the same party because they're so similar. It's like the Batman show back in the 60s. You know how many times the Joker and the Riddler and Mr. They were running out of villains. But they don't. They have they a candidate. They came up with villains like the Egghead. But they have a candidate. Mr. Freeze. But do you see what I mean? <laughs> the bookworm. <laughs> they have a candidate. But, yeah. They don't want him because he does not fit into the corporate donor's desires, okay? He is op opposed to their deregulation and their, like, destruction and their ripping us off. He's, he's opposed to all of that. So the donors don't want him, just like the donors did not want Trump. They wanted a regular Republican to shove through their yeah, bills. But they're loving Trump now, aren't they? Oh, they are. They are. But they didn't want Trump. They tried everything. They threw anybody at Trump, and it would not work. Oh, what's his name? Marco Rubio. Almost forgot about him. Little Marco. Right? He tried to beat Trump in one of the debates. Remember? He got really down and dirty with Trump, and it made him look like an idiot. So they're all trying to out... They who looked like an idiot? Marco? Or Marco looked like a moron. Be, they're all trying to be Bernie because if you notice, they remember in the beginning they all raised their hands for Medicare for all, and then little by little you heard them say, "Well, no, not really for Medicare for all, and for like Medicare extra or Medicare maybe or Medicare halfway or maybe not Medicare at all." You know what I'm saying? Like off the debate stage, they'd be off to the side like Chris Matthews. No, I really didn't mean that. What I really meant was, especially Kamala Harris. Who is now, by the way, in a statistical dead heat pretty much with the person she said was a low polling candidate, Tulsi Gabbard, which means Tulsi's on the way up and Kamala's on the way down and Kamala got slayed by our Tulsi. And I love it. And that's why they don't want her on the debate stage. But guess what? She just got uh, more than 2% in another poll, which means she needs one more poll to get in the October debate. So for God's sake, please, Lord in heaven, please let Tulsi be in this next debate. Please. She has so much support. I watch all her videos. She's all over the place, and it's growing. It's growing. She spoke in front of veterans. The veterans love her because she's a veteran. She's actually active military. 
And she's speaking the truth to them. So she can, she has the right to speak. Yes. And she says, you know, they tell us, thank you for your service. But meanwhile, they do the opposite. And she can say it because she's a soldier. And she says, I am a soldier. And they got to respect her. Plus, you know, she's six feet tall. When she stands next to some of these men, she's taller than they are. And you should see her Instagram posts. When she's working out, I'm sorry. I would not want to get mad at her, her mad at me, because she beat the crap out of anybody. She's tough. I have to see this. She's I badass. I haven't seen it yet. No, sweating and everything. She doesn't care. She appears with no makeup on in the car. She's always doing posts, and she's always ready to speak. She's very articulate. Really, I'm telling you. It's, you know, she really is the candidate, and she would beat Trump. This Klobuchar, forget it. Cory Booker, imagine. Close your eyes and picture that debate. Oh, my God. He would have the feigned outrage every five minutes. His eyes would probably yeah, bug out Yeah, he bites his, his lower lip, and he bugs his out his eyes. His eyes are really big. He's <laughs> he like, those are not our values. Yeah, always with the values. Oh, my God. You just want to puke. Who else they got? He looks like an outraged milk dud. So they're really running out of people. They're running out of people. They're going to get, I'm telling you. And Bernie's just waiting. He's just standing there. The only person I see them getting some traction is Elizabeth Warren. Oh. And Elizabeth Warren has made a deal with the donors and the corporates. And she said, the corporate Democrats, and she said, I'm a team player. Yeah, already she's selling That's out. a bad sign. She's not even, a, she doesn't even have the nod yet. And already she's selling out. Yeah, she's, she's a team player. She likes Joe Manchin. That's all I have to say. So Crystal Ball, who used to be on MSNBC, but they didn't. Want her to be on anymore because... Nobody said she had like a porn name. Yeah, isn't that a weird name? It's Crystal with a K. Yeah. Um, but she's very progressive and I like her. So She's like my old friend, Caleb with a K. No, stop. That's so she used to be on MSNBC, but I think Anybody she was... Anybody that uses a K where they should be a C... She's, I hear the heels clicking in the No, background. she's not like that at all. She's a progressive like us. She got kicked off MSNBC because she's speaking too much truth and calling out the corporatists and just like Cenk Uger, she was like, you know, taking a side and she was like, you know what, I really can't. So she does um, a podcast uh, for The Hill on YouTube, which is very good, with a few other folks. So she wrote a post recently called Why the Media Dislike Andrew, Tulsi, Bernie, and Marianne, those candidates. So recently there was a graphic, and I'm not going to read this verbatim, this part, but I know it because I saw it, where they didn't put Andrew Yang, there were six candidates, and he was polling at 3%, so he should have been in that graphic. But they didn't put him. Instead, they swapped in Beto O'Rourke, who was only polling at 1%, and they just left Andrew Yang off entirely. Now, she says here, well, maybe it was a mistake, it was with the graphics, but you know what? Not likely, all right? Axios recently pointed out Yang is sixth in polling average, yet 14th in terms of number of stories written about his candidacy. But if you go to Twitter and you go to Google searches, right, or you go to Facebook, he has a lot of followers, and he has raised enough money, and he's, he's been in enough polls, polling numbers that he is going to be in the debate. Yet they don't talk about him and they don't put him on the graphic. So clearly something's going on here, she says. But what I've noticed is that Yang is not alone in facing media contempt. Without fail, every candidate who has come from outside the Democratic establishment or dared to question them has been smeared, dismissed, ignored by most media. And then she talks about our girl, Tulsi. 
Tulsi Gabbard, who resigned from the DNC in protest of the treatment of Bernie Sanders and dares to challenge the bipartisan pro-war foreign policy consensus, that would be the Democrats and the Republicans, has been smeared as unpatriotic despite the fact that she is an Iraq war veteran who to this day serves in the Hawaii Army National Guard. The Daily Beast published, this is the Daily Beast. They also, did the same thing to 72, to, to McGovern. Yes, they do this to these. And she, remember, Meanwhile, she thumbed McGovern her finger to them. was part of a flight crew, a bomber flight crew in World War II, when Richard Nixon was nothing but a lawyer. Well, John Kerry also got this treatment. The Daily Beast, which, by the way, is supposed to be liberal, another liberal outlet, published an absurd article titled, Tulsi's campaign is being boosted by Putin apologists. Okay, I'm not going to go. I'm not even going to acknowledge this by explaining what it was. It's all baloney, but a lot of people saw it. And when they Google Tulsi Gabbard, it might come up. Gabbard had the distinction of being the most Google tech candidate in both first debates because people see her and say, who the F is she? I want to know about her. And then all of a sudden they start watching some videos and say, I like her. And they gave her a donation. The media, however, has shown little interest in understanding why her pro-peace message might hold appeal. Because they like wars, that's why. Um, she talks about that she's spoken a lot about Sanders and his treatment. She talks about Marianne Williamson. They've also treated her like garbage. And Marianne Williamson, by the way, she's a very accomplished woman. I didn't know about her at all until she ran for president. She has had seven New York Times bestsellers, decades of activism under her belt, and uh, she has a lot of um, interesting things to hear about national healing and reconciliation. She's not a weirdo. She's a smart woman. Maybe we need some of that. These candidates occupy a much different poll positions and have wildly different approaches, styles, and philosophies, she says. Yang is the cheerful prophet of doom. Williamson is the spiritual healer. Gabbard, the teller of hard troops about American imperialism, and Sanders, well, he's just Bernie. But they have something important in common. They don't fit in the mold, and they aren't in the club, and they defy the rules. Much like Trump, as Kyle Kalinske said, he's just the bad side, right? There's a, there's a yin and a yang, right, in the world. He's the dark side. These people are the light side. So... Not only did the candidates not fit the mold, they also, in their own way, represent threats to the current holders of power. Williamson and Yang didn't come through politics, so they owe absolutely nothing to Washington or the Democratic elites. Um, Gabbard is a fascinating example. She's a young veteran, a woman of color, checked all the boxes to be an up-and-coming star. woman of color? Because she's Hindu and she's Samoan. Not, she's a Samoan. She's not a Hindu. She's a Hindu. Well, she's a Samoan, she's which means religion. that she's ethnic. Yeah, she's half white and half native, what they call Islander. Right. That's, that's what she's, I don't know if they call that a woman of color. Whatever. She checked all the boxes to be an up-and-coming star of the party, which I've mentioned this to you guys. She, Nancy Pelosi was, was interviewed a number of years ago, and she said she's the future of the Democratic yeah, Party. What happened to that? I haven't seen that old prune in weeks. I don't know. She must be... Uh, do your Miss Pelosi. Oh, I'm, they're giving me one of those total blood transfusions <laughs> like they do with that guy from the Rolling Stones. She must be in her coffin for the summer. I don't know. Um... Yeah, the summer sunlight's pretty bright. So let's go back to her. Listen to this. Um, up-and-coming star of the party. She was, and in 2016, at age 34, 
She was a DNC vice chairwoman. But she blew it all up in protest of the DNC's treatment of Bernie Sanders. That is integrity, my friends. At a time when it was much more likely than not that Hillary would become the Democratic nominee. If Gabbard had just kept her mouth shut and stayed in line, she could have been considered for a position in the Hillary Clinton administration, but she refused to play by the rules and refused to back down from her convictions about the horrors of war. So she speaks truth to power. She is fearless, and she did not kowtow and shut her mouth and turn her back on Bernie when he was cheated. And if you're not a team player, then, of course, you're a threat. Just like Bernie Sanders, right? He's a threat to the establishment. When you're a threat to the political establishment, you're also a threat to the careers of journalists who rely on access to that political establishment. So you know what I mean? They have to sort of do what the elites want them to do. And I would take it even further and say that the corporate masters are... Why do you think Muhammad Ali's career was so long? Because he was such a great fighter toward the end? Because the press loved him. He right. gave them a lot of... Well, they gave him a lot of people watching. A lot, a lot of, of viewers. Uh, yeah. He was, you know... But other than that, as a fighter, after 74, he was, he was terrible. He sucked. But I would go a little further, and I would say that the corporate masters are feeding in the earpieces of people like Chris Hayes and others on the news what they want us to hear. They're telling them. It's not their choice. They're saying, yes, master, I want my $30,000 a day, and I will do whatever it is that you'll say. So, um, Especially the pen twirler. Oh, yeah, Rachel Maddow. She's such a disappointment. Um, Crystal Ball, the author of this um, article, is a liberal co-host of Rising, the Hills TV bipartisan morning, morning news show. And she is the president of the People's House Project, which recruits Democratic candidates in Republican-held congressional districts in the Midwest and Appalachia. And she's a former candidate for Congress in Virginia. Um, I like her. So I agree. Uh, they, it's not to their interest to have these candidates do well. And they try to hide it from everybody. But the problem is, is that we have access to other media. Right? I watch tons of YouTube shows. I read lots of things, not lots of different you know, websites, Truth Out, you know, a whole bunch of things. Um, listen to other podcasts and read other things other than watching MSNBC and the New York Times, which is a sad disappointment. Uh, so we're not limited anymore. We're not. And there's more people that are woke, as they say, than mesmerized by uh, people like MSNBC. So I found this in our local newspaper, the Queen's Courier, and I've been seeing these obnoxious and I will say dangerous ads in our local papers against um, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez because she is in the district next to us, okay, uh, Congresswoman. And there is a right-wing group that has amassed some funds to run these insane ads against her. They even put a picture of Fidel Castro next to her. The picture that's in the courier makes her look very black, dark-skinned, um, and it looks like she's wearing an orange jacket, which looks like almost like a prison thing. And she's in front of a bunch of cameras. So the headline said, conservative group attacking AOC hires... That's, a, that's supposed to be what? Orange is the new black? She a libertarian like a new consultant to run the polls. Conservative PAC based in D.C., 
created for the sole purpose of unseating AOC recently sent out a batch of antagonistic flyers to residents in areas of Queens and the Bronx in her district. The flyers were distributed during door-knocking efforts between August 22nd and 26th. That pack is conducting in that area. FEC commission filings as of the 31st show that Stop AOC PAC started by Virginia lawyer Dan Backer has spent $50,000 just not on flyers but on constitu constituent surveys too. The PAC began its mission in... in, in a, Virgin a Virginia lawyer? Yeah, a Virginia... Gee, a I wonder who he's friends with. I don't know. Who used to live down there? Or if he still doesn't. Crowley? You got it. I don't know. We have no, we have no evidence to that, but it's possible. The PAC became its mission convincing residents that Ocasio-Cortez is working against their best interests by buying digital ads, TV spots, and first commissioned a poll. And they've had ads in the local papers. Um... Backer has been involved in dozens of conservative PACs over the years. He currently is leading two other organizations aimed at re-electing President Trump in 2020. Great American PAC that has raised $1.7 and the Committee to Defend President, the President PAC, which raised $3 million. So, yeah, because she's got to run for office again. Uh, the first poll is commissioned was in March... And um, five, uh, what is this? In March. Found Otasia Cortez to be 43% favorable and 28% unfavorable. All right, so she's still in. Uh, right, but who knows if their poll, what did they say in their poll and who did they poll? Um, scam artist is going to scam. AOC's uh, spokesman told the uh, Queen's Courier in response to the figures. Um, yeah, I knew they were going to try to take her out. And I saw these ads in the newspapers, and they're, they're, they're sick because they reach people that are unhinged, you know. And she has a lot of security because there's a lot of nuts out there. So having, you know, doing this kind of stuff and putting all these flyers out, it's, it's not a good thing. And this person doesn't even live here, okay? He lives in Virginia. Stay in your own lane, buddy. Um, my last story is funny, and then I'm going to give you to Tony. He's got something really uh, very fascinating. Very well written. And very I fascinating. And I want to read the whole thing from cover to cover. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to that. So I just came across this. I saw it, I think, on Twitter. And I never knew this was a thing, so I thought I'd share it with you. Um, apparently, there's something called second breakfast that people enjoy in America. So people have regular breakfast, and then an hour, a couple of hours later, they're hungry. So they decide to have another meal. And then they go on to have lunch. And of course, they're not going to skip dinner. So 62% of America says that we should make second breakfast one of the uh, an official meal. So they're going to have Americans who are fat enough already. I hate to say it, but this country is bloated. We, diabetes, I think, is the number one disease it right is. now. People can't afford insulin. There's so many heavy young people. When we were young, nobody was fat. Remember, if you were fat, you were like the pariah. That was like, oh, the fat kid in school, like one fat well, kid. Well, in the Little Rascals, there was only one fat kid, Chubsy Ubsy. Oh, that's right. Everybody else was skinny. Right. And and that was an oddity. Now everyone's fat. And they wear tight pants, and it's okay, and make their hair I pink. saw a girl today pushing a baby carriage in her 20s, already chubby, very sheer yoga pants that they were so sheer that me and my oh boy. partner were oh boy. laughing because we actually saw her drawers. Stop. 
She Fact. was wearing black panties. Under something sheer. Under something sheer. She needs a mirror. Somebody should buy her a mirror. And anyway. pushing a baby carriage. 62% of America thinks that we should have another meal in our food, you know, our, our schedule. So we have breakfast and then second breakfast. Yeah, I'm hungry again. I'm going to have some more food. And then an hour and a half later, two hours, I'm going to eat another meal and then come home and have dinner and then slog around on the couch or buy some stuff from Amazon. By the way, Amazon's hiring. They're hiring. And the news guy says, but not here. This morning I was driving and he heard that on 1010 wins. Yeah. But they're not hiring here. Yeah. Good. Good. Whatever. They're such good jobs with health insurance. Yeah. Okay. In your dreams. They don't give you even AC in your work centers. Right, right. But they're going to give you health insurance. And believe me, they're only hiring you now until they get the robots ready. Yeah. And they already have robots there. So, okay. With no further ado, I'm going to give you... Mr. Tony DeLeonardo. This I read online, and I was very impressed by it. And my wife is changing the microphones again. There you go, lovey. Thank you, dear. You're welcome. There you go. Okay. Uh, Who is the author, hon? And where did you find The author is Tim Wise. He's an anti-racism educator and author. His name is Tim Jacob Wise, and he speak and he has a podcast at Speak Out with Tim. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it, but I think I, he's on Twitter. Too. I like this article, and I'm going to read it because I think it is very well written. He did a very good job, and I think more should, people should hear about this. Trump in a small town. Okay, much has been said about the need for liberals and progressives, or at least Democrats, to understand Trump voters. We are told we should learn to listen to their fears and insecurities. We are supposed to respect their deep sense of anxiety, born of job losses, dying small towns, and cultural transformation occurring at a pace with which they find it difficult to keep up. That's because of the second breakfasts. (laughs) Missing from these calls for civility, missing from the calls for the civility and compassion are any comparable entreaties for the same from the other side. No demands that Trump voters seek to understand or even respect the essential humanity of black people in large cities, asylum seekers fleeing violence, or immigrants from the global south seeking a better life for their children. For for these, calls of send them back or build the wall will suffice, or perhaps endorsements of stop and frisk so as to catch the presumably dangerous criminals responsible for what the president calls the American carnage. We are to empathize with white folks in small towns suffering from the ravages of the opioid crisis in ways that they never expected to and certainly did not when the crack epidemic was wreaking havoc on urban communities of color. Now, the very same white people who called for stiff prison sentences the sentences, I'm sorry, and three-strike laws in the latter case now plead for rehab and treatment options for their cousins, their children, themselves. Meanwhile, they stare wide-eyed at the lack of such programs, oblivious to the irony. Mm -hmm. Namely, it was their calls for ruthless prosecution of the war on drugs that has left them, as with people of color, 
bereft of such options now. These one-way calls for compassion infect the 2020 election analysis. Democratic candidates are expected to pander to small-town whites and sit with them in their diners across the fruited plain to mine the depths of their despair. I hate when they do this. They go, they talk to what, oh, I'm a real American. You're 300 pounds wedged into a corner booth. <laughs> I'll never forget when George Carlin, he was talking in one of his uh, uh, things about, he goes, oh, you know, I can't stand these redneck whites to say, you know what my daddy used to say? F you and your effing daddy. <laughs> Who gives a F what your well, daddy used to say? I don't know why they're say. valued so yeah, much why are they, the rest yeah. of us, right? And they have no empathy for anyone okay. else. This is exactly what the article said that I'm reading. Why? Because they are, they are, these are, as we are told, the swing voters, without them, they cannot cobble together an electoral college victory. Republicans apparently need not appeal to these so-called middle or moderates or swing voters. They need not find out what black folks are talking about in the barbershop what Latin folks are discussing at the bodega, or what members of the Unitarian Church are thinking. No, outreach is only for the liberals. Enough of this. As the administration launches ICE raids on hardworking parents in Mississippi, ripping them from their kids on the first day of school, all talk of compromise with these people is perverse. To speak of understanding those who sanction such evil is a sickness. Of course it's a sickness. I need not sit around and discuss politics with, they pe with these people such as this as they wolf down their biscuits and gravy or sop up their toast in a cholesterol <laughs> pond of runny eggs while adjusting their dirty trucker caps and holding forth about the Muslims or the Mexicans <laughs> who have come to take their jobs especially when those they'd be griping about would already have been working for three hours while Billy Joe Jim Bob sat there telling me about how he can't work anymore because of his disability, for which he receives a check along with his Medicare. But he wants me to remember that he is tired of people living off the government. Which is a scream, right? They're living off the government. What? Okay he goes, them. what the bleep ever <laughs> we gotta find this guy so he also writes he goes i understand these folks all too well there is nothing more to learn they are scared simple-minded people who believed against all historical evidence to the contrary that the world would stand still for them they live in a bubble Mm -hmm. They are people who assume their coal mines would never close that, and that the economy would never globalize, that jobs would actually be there for them, that their norms and beliefs would always be paramount in the culture, and that they would forever and always remain the floor model of an American. Hmm. In short, they fell for a lie that only they, as white people, could have ever managed to believe. And while that must be tough... I find it hard to cry tears for them now. After all, what they have only recently discovered is that the system is a scam, that companies move jobs overseas for their own profits and don't give a boop about you or your diners. <laughs> That's for and sure. that you can take nothing for granted is stuff people of color already knew. 
That's right. It's stuff people of color had been insisting upon from the very beginning, but which white Americans it could ignore because, after all, what do black people know? And now they're suffering from I'm the sure the folks on the middle to upper class decks of the Titanic also wondered what all the screaming from steerage was about. Huh. Meanwhile, the ones below thought to themselves, oh, just wait till you see, because steerage folks knew the folks on the promenade well and knew how few lifeboats there really were. Yep, they know the reality. Even while the middling classes thought there would always be room for them. When manufacturing jobs began fleeing the urban core in the 1970s, leaving blacks who had moved north for good jobs unemployed, these white folks who now moan about job losses in their towns showed no compassion. They told black folks to up and move to go where the jobs were. If blacks were out of work and unable to find jobs, it was their own fault. It was their pathological culture, their dysfunctional family structures. It was surely not a systemic problem. But now as their own worlds crumble around them, they sing a very different tune. Now these same people demand that politicians promise to bring their jobs back to them. No insistence that they up and move as they instructed people of color to do. If job creation has occurred mostly in large metropolitan areas as of late, and it has, one might think it could be incumbent upon these Andy of Mayberry types <laughs> to get off their asses and go where the jobs are. They don't. But no, they like this little small towns and by God intend to stay there and we should accommodate them. We're the bootstraps pulling but, themselves up. But then when they don't line up to take the jobs at the meatpacking plant or picking strawberries or roofing new home builds and the, people's, and the people who do get rounded up like cattle and separated from their families, they dare complain about how things are changing. It is not necessary to pander to people like this to order to win elections. They are not key to the victories for Democrats. Donald Trump is not president because of bunches of these people once voted for Obama, but suddenly switched to the guy who told them Obama wasn't even an American. These are not the same people who voted for Obama and then turned around and voted for the guy who promised to take away the very health care that Obama got for them. Amazing, right? No. Yeah. Donald Trump is president because the Democratic base did not turn out in sufficient numbers in 2016. Obama voters didn't switch to Trump so much as they stayed home. In Wisconsin, for instance, Trump got fewer votes than Romney, but depressed Democratic turnout and a significant share for third parties catapulted Trump to victory in that state. One does not need to kiss the ass of people who chant for building of walls, for the deportation of congresswomen, for cruelty, for cr or cruelty for cruelty's sake. One need not apply to the worst this nation has to offer. One need not to negotiate with terrorists. One need only to trust that there are more of us than they are of them and then act like it. And then, once we win, we can drag the rest kicking and screaming to universal health care, affordable college, and a cleaner environment. At which point, all we, knew to, all we need to say to them is, you're welcome. <laughs> That's I, love this, uh, I love this, co this column. Yeah, it's I've been saying it's this, so remember what I told you, every yes. election cycle, 
what do I want to see this 300-pound behemoth for in a well, coffee shop? Because they don't learn and they don't, um, they don't apply the, the lessons that are learned to themselves, right? Like, they won't move. They'll stay in their depressed town that has nothing but tumbleweed and complain about it and wait. What are they? What are they waiting for? They think Jesus is gonna come down. And he's gonna like rescue them. What do I equate them to? I don't know. They're like carbuncles. I don't no, know. I equate them to Linus and the pumpkin patch on the great on the wait mm. for the great pumpkin. Yes, you're right. I had forgotten about that analogy. And he waits year after year after year. That that time Lucy had to go out and get him out of the yard and bring him home and put yeah, him back to bed. Yeah, because he was like freezing out there. It's like, are you kidding me? Yes, you have to. And then after he didn't show up, he was going to go out the next year and do it. Yes. You'll be back. I'll, you'll see. They're always talking about the independents and the swing voters. Baloney. Okay. What they need is, is a message. And the reason why the Democrats, the real Democrats, the true blues, a lot of them did not come out is because of what happened with Bernie. Right. There were a lot of people like Tulsi that were pissed off and they stayed home because Hillary was a terrible candidate with no message. So they didn't come to vote, which is exactly like what it will be if it's Amy Klobuchar or um, Beto O'Rourke or Cory Booker or any of these other, I don't know, um, people that they want to shove out there instead of the person that should be the nominee. The person that is going to bring people out to vote, even if they disenfranchise our vote, even if they suppress the vote. Millions of people, he has one million volunteers, which by the way, we're volunteers. We have to take this little class online to volunteer for Bernie. It's very easy. It's like nothing, but we just haven't done it yet. You just do it online. It's like a tutorial. Everybody's got to start volunteering, okay? He's the guy. I'm sorry if you don't like him. He's rumpled. He's old. Get over it, all right? I'm Maybe, getting more rumpled and more old. Yeah, get I over like it. I like him. He's we, relatable. We <laughs> need to take care of our people and our planet, and it's done. And hopefully, with God, God willing, he will take Tulsi Gabbard as his vice president, and they will crush Pence and Trump, or Trump and Pence. I mean, I, I would I just watch, thinking of Tulsi debating Pence is just, <laughs> I think it's like over in a minute. It's like one of those boxing matches that we watch, and it's like, is it over already? I haven't even sat down yet. I mean, it would be kind of like a joke. So we don't need to pander to these people, okay? They're kind of like a lost cause. They're lost souls anyway. Yeah. They're just lost let them, causes. Let them just float along with us, like the guy says. We'll just drag them along, kicking and screaming. And believe me, they're going to lap up everything we give them, everything they get. They're going to use it all. Right? They'll be the first ones well, to get the public say, option. We always say, we're from New York. We're paying for most of these trailer park trash. Yeah, we are. We are. And, and they have the nerve not to like and us. And they got the nerve to call us damn Yankees. Yeah, they have a lot of nerve. Us like, in California are floating their uh, lifestyles. Yes, I would, be, I would like to have a, a law where we don't give them that money anymore. Yeah. That our money can't Let go to them. Let them go back to their Confederacy treasuries. See how they do. See how well they manage. They will not manage without us. So anyway, little food for thought. Uh, that is our show. We enjoyed being with you, and we will be with you next time. See ya.